0: Thank <whistles> you.
1: Welcome to episode 100 of the Jacob Wayne Show. And with me... Big one,
0: zero, zero.
1: It's Kellen. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing good. Good, You know, that's crazy. Like, just a couple of days ago was our, like, first episode reunion. Yeah. We missed it by a couple of days, damn. (laughs) Well,
1: I thought about it while you were here recording, but we recorded a Fakoshka song. Corey filled in on two Gamma Paw shows. We had to make sure we were practiced up for that. There's restaurants we gotta hit up, shows to watch. By the time we were kind of getting to the tail end of it, you know, I even though I fucking love you guys, I get a little, like, social. Like, man, I need to go sit in the room alone. <laughs> so, I'm like, yep. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna do this uh, in-person recording thing, so... Bummer yeah. for you to listen there, but luckily there's not that many of you. So, <laughs> or, or, or. but I did pull this up. The first episode of the Jacob Wayne Show was, according to YouTube, was two years ago. Nice. Yeah. So was we did do it in person. You came out here. Did a little setup, I believe.
0: Did you immediately start uploading them to YouTube?
1: Um, yeah, I believe I did. Okay. Um, oh. Press the audio on the first one. I'm trying to see. I could have sworn we did video, but I guess we didn't. Yeah. I just remember the setup in the living room. Um. Yep. But yeah, I guess we were just doing audio, huh?
0: Yeah, I think we did audio for the first, like, while that we did video and then you just do video and yeah i think that's the been the three (laughs) incarnations
1: yeah so then that would have been let's see here 2021 we're coming out of the pandemic a little bit by then it's still sort Mm -hmm. of a thing um i think by then it was like what see that's what's funny i'm already forgetting some of the details of that which I stand by saying that people were going to get back to normal a lot more easily than some people feared. That's my yeah. opinion, but like, what was the Delta, what were the different types of Corona?
0: The variants? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was... I just remember Delta, and Omicron. Remember
1: Omicron, I think. Yeah, maybe two years yeah. ago was Omicron era. And then there was yeah. like hydrocodine or like uh, dialed triple sliptamine. I can't remember.
0: Sagittarius.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Caprician.
0: <laughs>
1: and so, yeah, in a weird way, I kind of feel like it started a little longer ago. But I guess, yeah, two years. We started out... Let's see if I can read the summary here. Um, Jacob, Wayne, and Kellen discuss the foundations of the podcast. They lay out the format and jump into subjects such as Batman, Bluegrass, the Republican National Convention, and many others. Like, subscribe, and share with your friends. Um, That format has definitely gone under some reconstruction over the last couple years.
0: We used to talk about whatever we wanted. <laughs> yeah,
1: and then I realized half of it is a bitch session about politics and I don't even really like going there. I will, obviously. But uh, it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's like there's enough politics rambling and ranting in the world. I don't need to add to that. And I, I do remember also I would get like feedback from people and... More often than not, I'd be like, I don't even think you'd process what I was trying to say with that. And so it just got old. Makes me feel for the Jon Stewart's of the world that really make their life all about that. And like, trying to get to the bottom of things without just becoming a spin doctor on one side of something. Yeah. But, uh yeah, I mean, there's... Mm, Heather Cox Richardson... And let's see if I can see her name from here. Sarah Val. Those are two kind of political historians that I would highly recommend. If you want that, just go there. Heather Cox Richardson, Sarah Val books. And then, uh, I don't know. I still love Jon Stewart. I feel like he's gotten a little too emotional and weepy with his new show. Like, I still agree, but it's just like, I don't know. It's For some reason, the way it, it hits is is different, and it seems a little too much. Yeah. So that went okay. away. We used to do Dear Jacob Waynes. That just got tedious. Science articles, news articles, just having those ready. And then, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's too much work for a thing that you don't get paid for. And it's not a thing I'm, like, readily able to pontificate on every week. Some weeks, yeah, definitely, but...
0: Yeah, hopefully, yeah.
1: So it's kind of whittled down to music and movies, and movies I can just go off on. And even some weeks, it's like, music, fuck, I don't really know. I haven't been listening to a lot other than just my usual fare or, like, sleepy jazz to go to sleep to. Yeah, So I don't know, yeah, it's it there's, has there's evolved some... to just be pretty much movie podcasts with occasional asides with music and video games.
0: Yeah, and you were right, it was three years ago, August 28th, 2020, I found the post. Two days ago was three mm. years ago. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, it does say August 30th on the YouTube video. I wonder why it said two years ago. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So then, yeah, that was right in the thick of it.
0: Yep, right. I think that's like the trip we came down and it was like, everybody shut down, stay home. And we're like, well, we're already here. (laughs) We're just going to stay home with you guys. I know it wasn't.
1: (laughs) And here's how I know. You and Corey came down right when everything kicked in. And that would have been around March or April. That was when Rudy Gobert, the Utah Jazz player, was touching microphones, and he like he shut everything down with that move. Oh, yeah. He did that thing, then they canceled the NBA game that night, and then, like, yeah. I know we, it wasn't the case, but literally, you guys were <laughs> on the way. It felt like everything shut down halfway.
0: Yeah, that's right. And
1: then we like walked around to see what food options were, and then like, oh wow, they actually really shut down everything. So then we ordered food and yeah, kind of sat and rambled about it too much. And some of us were more paranoid about it than others.
0: Yep. <laughs> and it
1: was just like, oh boy. But yeah, this. So this was August 30th. This was your next trip out that year. That's I remember right. it was a little more relaxed. Like we're like, all right, we got ma- masks. I think it was just you. I don't think Corey was on that trip.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: So yeah, um, any other reminiscings? Anything before we just get into the music section?
0: No, I think I think covered it all. Really? I do. I do miss some of those old stings. We had some good stings.
1: That is true. The The music sting, uh, stings and messing around with the soundboard was pretty fun. Yep. Um, this is one thing I guess we could address. I don't know if I've ever addressed it on the show. Is If you watch this on YouTube, you just see my face. And we used to do the Zoom calls like everybody was doing during the pandemic. And you could record mm-hmm. as long as you wanted and didn't have to think about it but then at one point they're like all right pandemic's kind of easing off and now we're going to try to be a business that makes some money or adjustments by you know getting you to sign up for premium and so they were like you can only do 45 free 45 minute um you know two screens and it can only be two people or only three or something like that Uh I just remember I was like, well, that sucks because that like kills the flow of the conversation a little bit. And then I found out about this OBS software where you can like capture different things and it's just like overall better than Zoom. But that being said, if you are a listener and you feel strongly about it and you want to bring back seeing the other person's face, are you willing to do that, Kellen? Yeah. Okay. If nice. the
0: people want it, if
1: the people want it, we can give it to them. That being said, I don't know how we'll go about it. Maybe we do go back to Zoom, or I think that there is another new service out these days for podcasters that it's like similar. Um, but yeah, that requires you to write the Jacob Wayne Show at Gmail dot com and let me know that that's what you want, because uh, yeah. I've had a couple of local bands around here. Hit me up and they're like, oh, well, like, we'd totally be down to do an interview. And I was like, hmm. I haven't done interviews for a while. There was like a stretch there where I was like getting a couple people booked and going through the thing with them. And part of that yep. is having both screens and all that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, as, al- as always, anything you do, it takes practice. You got to get better and better. Um, so, right off the bat, I don't think my interviews were that great. I don't think they were that bad either, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I I noticed that I'd rather rant or get in the weeds about a movie thing or a music thing with somebody I have a rapport with. And I don't know if this is like necessarily an interviewee-type podcast, but that's another thing you could write me about, is if you want to see more interviews, I could start weaving those back in maybe it could be a thing talk to bands about their musics and all that stuff
0: yeah I think it would be worth it and then hopefully you know they'd give you a crew more listeners Right. when they're like hey check out this podcast we were on
1: yeah I imagine that would be the faster way to build this thing so yeah alright but uh So there is that. Uh, There was something else before getting going. Oh yeah, the stings and all that. Like, I guess just the spontaneity of that and being able to see the facial reactions and all that. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's ever gonna come back. And the soundboard's a bit too addicting.
0: Yeah, it's 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 bad. Yeah,
1: I think. What I would like to do that other podcasts do because I think it would be a little different is kind of like actual watch some internet videos and react to them. Uh-huh. Um, one thing I really liked about Your Mom's House I still do but I feel like it's changed just a slight bit. Um, And, you know, I'm not doing the whole criticism like it's worse or better or whatever. It's just more so... If I were to do it, it would maybe be different types of content. They go pretty hard on their videos with messed up stuff or people being pretty fucking wild and weird. and It's like, I want a touch of that, but I'm actually much more fascinated by like watching um, more science-angled stuff and perhaps more light-hearted. Things in the news, if you will.
0: Oh, yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah. But uh yep. I mean of course there was that one time I yeah, it must have been you. I just played all the collection of Mel Gibson grunts and noises from film. Oh yeah. That was that was <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> yep. That's yeah. quite the collage.
1: Yeah. A little bit more of mm. that. But I think part of what was effective about that is you you couldn't even see the video, you just had to react to the sounds.
0: Yeah. So
1: maybe there's something there. With that, let's get into the usual music thing. Um, What do you got that you're listening to? Anything new?
0: Well, um, I haven't had a chance to work through all of these, but um, the one I'm excited for that I just saw, I didn't even hear about it, is Jubilee by Old Crow Medicine Show. Mm -hmm. So, they've been putting out album after album of gold, so I'm excited to check out their latest offering. That should be good.
1: That's a name I know, but I always forget exactly what they do. Are they just kind of a bluegrass outfit?
0: Yeah, they do bluegrass, but they do really, like, stompy, energetic bluegrass. Like, they're hardcore partiers. Mm -hmm. Like the dudes in the band look like 20 years older than they are because they party so hard. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, it's, but no, they, they get down. They got a, they got like a song called Alabama High Test. uh, That's like, they got another song just called Methamphetamine. They got a lot of songs about just partying hard and getting crazy. Yep. So, they're, they're a fun band. They, they got some just also just some really good songs. They worked with Bob Dylan. They wrote Wagon Wheel with Bob Dylan, or got it popular first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: Um, they're awesome. Would you classify them as newgrass, or are they pretty traditional?
0: I'd say they'd be more in the newgrass vein. They definitely do some untraditional stuff. Yeah. They got a drummer. But... I th- I think on some stuff they do, yeah. Some albums they do. Okay.
1: Well, there you go, Old Crow Medicine Show. What was the name of the album again?
0: Jubilee. Jubilee. Yeah.
1: Did that come out this year?
0: Yeah, it just came out like a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I totally didn't even hear about it, so... I was, when I was pulling up to listen to some stuff, I was just like, oh, sweet, there we go. <laughs> I know that band. All
1: right. I'll hit you with one. Have you heard of the clientele? I don't believe so. Um, I'll do a brief description. This was... I sent you a pitchfork list of, like, the top 40 or 50 albums of the year so far. Yeah. So I just, yeah, started... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the bottom of the list. I mean, that's how those lists usually go. Um, excuse me <clears throat> Um, so I started off with this one I'll say the title in a minute but I'm on their bio because I was like I was actually genuinely intrigued by this and I'm, we'll check out more of their stuff but the clientele are a guitar pop band who instantly came up with a sound that was all their own hazy, autumnal, and hookily sad with yearning vocals, chiming arpeggiated guitars in a calmly elastic rhythm section, and tinkered with it successfully over a long, fruitful career. Early albums like Two Thousand Suburban Light had obvious roots in the transcendentally morose chime of Galaxy 500 and Feltz, but the clientele had enough tenderly lush melodies of their own to escape sounding like a tribute band. As they grew musically, they were able to add elements to their core sounds seamlessly. Strings on 2005's Strange Geometry, Haunted Folk on 2009's Bonfires on the Heath, and World Music on 2017's Music for the Age of Miracles. Now, a lot of that is bio-fluff writing. And by reading that, you know me well enough to know that you're like, that's a lot of stuff Jacob's not really into. Folksy, like, (laughs) all this and that. Uh, But I will say... This new one, 2023's I Am Not There anymore uh, really kinda stuck out to me and I like s I've listened to it three times, which I think is pretty substantial for wow. newer stuff. Um twice while I was just gaming and like it was just kind of backgroundy, and then once on my walk. And there still is a little bit of that um folksy pop thing that makes me cringe a little bit makes my butthole pucker i just like it's too (laughs) sincere or sweet i don't know what it is maybe it's just like an adult being really like like i don't know like it just like makes me like "Ah, ah, yeah but (laughs) it's only a little bit like there's a lot in here that like it's Really adventurous layering of different things, like at times it almost feels like nineties Beck. And it did have a very like nineties sorta It yeah, Beck is the one I kept coming back to. And I yeah, maybe oh, nice. bits of Radiohead, but kinda of more the simplicity of Beck. But it's not like the humor of Beck in the sampling and the layering, it's so that's kinda of where the Radiohead comes in. Kind of reminded me of Amnesiac from them, but yeah, like kind of shifts and switches, and there'll be like a little breakbeat, soft breakbeat going, and but they got strings and just a nice little guitar part, and yeah, titles like Fables of the Silver Link, Garden Eye Mantra, Lady Grey. It's very like artful, and I think in the bio calling them autumnal really stuck in my brain, I'm like, yeah, I I'd see that. That is something like walking around in crunchy leaves kind of vibe.
0: Huh. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I could see like holding hands with with a lady or a beau, Whatever you prefer. I'm just like, oh, yes, yes. Aren't we artsy and young and in love? Oh, so, damn. Yeah, I'll give it some credit. I actually listened to a few more, but I don't have the information readily available and I thought they deserved more than one listen, but I actually went through that list the first 3, if not 4. I was like, well, how about that? Like all of these are tolerable if not enjoyable. Maybe not necessarily go down my street as much, but
0: yeah, yeah, so, interesting. I don't know. I'll start working towards it. What was that band name again? The Clientele. And
1: I'm not there anymore. Is the name of the album. Cool. And I think part of what I like about them is they're from the UK.
0: Ah, gotcha.
1: There's something in, like, UK pop and folksiness and punk. I just prefer it from the UK as opposed to America. I wish I could narrow it down. I, maybe it is like I don't know the tone of the voice thing. Yeah, I don't know.
0: That makes sense. That
1: being said, I don't like rap from the UK. That accent rapping just annoys the shit out of me.
0: Yeah, that also makes sense. Uh, and the slang's all weird.
1: What was that one video? It was like "bat da, da da" in the corridor.
0: Smoke the reefer in the corridor. Yeah. yeah cursal like massive. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, just like, that's a, that's cursal
1: Mass, like massive, bruv. You're like uh Yeah. Uh. Huh <laughs> I don't know what it
0: is. I I I don't either, but I agree.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, what's what's your next thing you got?
0: Well, the next one I saw was the Turnpike Troubadours, who I've Turn- never really Pike? listened. Turn? Turn.
1: Okay, I was making <laughs> yeah. sure. I was like... Uh.
0: <laughs> That's a good bad name, though.
1: That's a more G.G. Yeah. Allen thing, but... Indeed. Anyway, oh. turnpike what again? Troubadours. Turnpike Troubadours, okay.
0: So apparently they had to take a break with some alcohol issues oh. for a while. But they yeah. came back with this album, A Cat in the Rain. Okay. So Yeah, it's a it's just interesting, kinda of like that what you were saying. Not definitely not autumnal, but like the folky little little old country little bit of just like mo- like more modern folk, kind of mixed mixed all in there. Yeah. Yeah, nice it sounded nice. It was good. Um, I, I I didn't give it a full listen through. I was just kind of checking it out, and I was like, "No, this is this is good." Apparently, they're like selling out arenas, so they're getting pretty popular. But okay. again, that could be bio fluff. They don't say "watch arenas," but hey, <laughs> just being able to say you're playing
1: arenas counts for something.
0: Yep. I've played arenas. It's just like the ones where they do the rodeo. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you can get away with it. Exactly. I I've, I've I've stretched that for resumes and such many a time. Yeah. So, Total yeah, but no, I was sticking on to job
1: hunting right there. I was reading an article where they're like if you're trying to like get a job and it's not just continuing teaching like you're trying to not be a teacher anymore, is like take teacher out of your resume because there's like a bias for it in the in the world outside of education. So they're like oh yeah, you know, put in educator or like or like curriculum design <laughs> or something.
0: Oh wow. And
1: it's just cuz like and it's like I I believe it. Just like people it's the stigma of like those that can't do teach bullshit. And like, yeah, anyway, I have to bitch and moan in pieces and moments during this job hunt because, yeah, that's all my resume reflects is like, either I reference the cooking I did when I was young 20s, art assistant at USU, or teacher, and then of course, people also don't really like self-employed artist musician. Yeah, I gotta spin that yeah i doing the little linkedin updates like project management music production and it's like video creation social media marketing like i technically do, do all that. yeah yeah it's like yeah i just the whole it feels like dishonesty to me but I guess. No, you're people you're want.
0: being too good, man. There's so many people out there doing all that stuff worse than you and getting paid for it. So Yeah. <laughs>
1: what I what yeah. I've heard though is there's an app and I'll have to research it, but that it just automates sending your resume out and seeing as how you got things like ZipRecruiter that like automatically AI eliminates uh so many people's resumes while applying yeah i was like man maybe i'll just play that game like i'll keep looking locally for stuff that i actually like Ooh, that might be nice to get to know them and help that company like ones that you really care about but if you're just like looking for clock in clock out work especially like remote gigs just gonna you know, use this thing maybe and just shoot my resume everywhere and let the bot like do all that
0: so yeah, that's a good goes. option. Yeah. Nice. Anyway,
1: that's enough about job-hunting stuff. That just stuck out to me. It's just like, yeah, but... I played Arenas.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, uh, You got any other music suggestions? I think I'm scraping the barrel already.
0: Yeah, I got two more quick ones. One of them is just total random. There's a guy on the cover of it, kind of a, just a weird looking dude, not a dude that looks like he's going to play a saxophone. Mm-hmm. And he's holding a saxophone. And it's called Comfort Zone. And his name is Huge Groove. Like E yes. U G E. So I was like, huge. <laughs> exactly. <So laughs> I had to listen to it. And it's that lagoon jazz, you know? Just like all super slow and the sax is all sensual, like old Kenny G stuff. Okay. I didn't oh, know that was called which,
1: lagoon jazz.
0: That's what I always think of. I don't know how often you went to lagoon, but I remember riding a little sky ride. Oh, that's what you. Mean. You're you're going along. Like, do, 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 do. You know yeah. that kind of that tasty jazz. I would. Call People it, call it smooth jazz. But, I call it
1: shopco yeah. jazz.
0: There you go. Shop. Yeah, that's that's exactly the. When st- you
1: said lagoon, I thought you were actually talking about that. Like that's a thing in the South or something. <laughs> Like, I don't like I, jazz,
0: that's huh? a that's a Utah specific northern Utah reference. <laughs> yeah, I never went
1: there. Like I've Ugh. been once in like late twenties, because I don't like rides. I don't like going on the rides. So yeah, I'm pretty yeah. Like, useless there. It's just like, no, yeah, go on that. I'll have a tasty treat and watch. And you're like, come on, man! Like. Feel like shit. Get on this thing. I'm like, nah, I'm good.
0: Yeah, they're they've been getting less fun. I haven't been on one in a long time. I'm pretty sure if I went now, I'd probably just puke. So yeah,
1: Halloween uh, nights. Uh, is that one? Is that fun there?
0: Oh yeah, the frightmares. Frightmares yeah. or
1: whatever. That seemed like that might
0: be fun. Yeah, that rides. Those rides aren't too bad. The little haunted house ones aren't like aggressive physically. They're just cool little. Tour through some animatronics and stuff, mm-hmm. so I think that could be fun. That'd probably be the time to go for you if you don't like rides. Yeah. Well, so. I
1: also yeah. don't like spending money for that kind of stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, there's much better things you could do. It's getting really expensive too. So, can... and all you do is listen to Yeats' groove.
1: Yeah. Don't call me crazy, but I kind of prefer just getting some, you know, gin or tequila and watching some horror movies. Like, hell yeah. yeah. That that's my nightmares.
0: That's a Halloween. Yeah. But uh
1: huh. do you would you say you enjoyed Huge Groove?
0: You know, it's like that it's that smooth jazz stuff. Like I would go to some many other artists that are in that vein but are definitely not I wouldn't classify as smooth jazz, but are like in the same sound scape, but yeah. they actually play some like cool stuff. Like the the music is pretty just like smooth too not not too exciting but the other guys will actually put some stank on some stuff yeah. so i would go to your foreplay bob james earl clue that kind of stuff if i was going to be recommending anything like this mm-hmm. but no this one's not bad so you know why not try it out huge groove does he do huge.
1: anything satirical with it like or is it pretty just right on the nose that uh, shop jazz
0: no, yeah, it sounds like he's just right on it, and try. Yeah, it sounds to me like he's just trying to get on some playlists, you know? Sure. The stopco jazz playlist. Yeah. Trying to, to get on that stuff, which cool dentist office playlist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny F Sharp. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then he said, I yeah, uh, one
0: more." The other one I yeah, checked out just quick was this band called Blitz and Trapper. Is kind of the same way. Is that other band is talking about, they're a little more, definitely more modern with the reverby, uh, bokey stuff, more like that. Yeah. But they they did some cool stuff. I liked their, like, harmonies and such. Uh, Blitz and Trapper, the album is Cheap Fantastical Takedown. All right. So, I just checked out the first song on it. I was like, nice. <laughs> yeah.
1: well looks like Wheeler Walker Jr. put out a new song called Dump Truck haven't heard it and nice. that is all that is popping up on new releases for me other than No Ford by Gamma Paw that came out last week so go check out another new single from my band Gamma Paw You can look forward to a new Fakoshka track
0: of a song
1: that's 10 years old called Charlie. Yeah. That'll be coming out at some point in
0: the not too distant future. Hey, go hit that Miso Soup remix. That just sounds awesome. Yeah. Miso Soup (laughs) is is also under
1: Fakoshka on all our streaming services. That does not have Corey on it. That's just Kellen and I and. Brandon Shockey from Gamma Paw on some backup vocals.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you on saxophone? Huh? Yeah, yeah. A rare treat.
1: Yeah, can't really hear it though, but it's it's in there. On
0: the master, you can hear it. I disagree. I, it was I disagree. You can't really hear it.
1: <laughs> it's in there if you if you know what you're if you're listening for it. You're like, oh, there it is. But yeah, it is not prominent. I do not go off on the saxophone by any means. <laughs> um, yeah, I. that's that's all I got. I think everything else, I'd just be kind of pulling it out of my ass.
0: Well, sounds good. Well, I'm excited to check out those ones you were talking about. I'm going to have to go give that one a listen.
1: Yeah. That's it interesting. Should be at least like, hmm, all right, they're trying. It's, it's refreshing in that way. Um,. Yeah. I'll hit you with one one or the other question just to round this all out. I'll try to think of these in the future. Uh, if you had a choice in rock music, would you prefer raw production, but it's simple, but it has like kind of that that honesty to it. Like you feel like they're really feeling what they're saying, and it's like kind of grungy and dirty and maybe not perfect or really skilled musicianship, but it's like that really overproduced thing like the vocal like kind of fades out and then <laughs> you're like, what do you prefer what what do you think rock music needs to do to? become i don't know become bigger again or more relevant because the let's just say that we had a conversation while you were here where we're like this is kind of the state of rock music and it's just like very had no zhuzh no like people dancing there's like no thing to it anymore like i think all the kids are either following a rapper they really love or an edm artist or a pop singer
0: Yep. So hmm. Oh, I personally I would lean happily lean towards the less produced thing. I think I don't think that'll affect the quality of the music or the musicians necessarily, but uh yeah, I definitely would go more towards that. Like I think
1: Like you would a, you would take simpler songs but it's like ah they they don't suck like they're just more simple but it's like raw production and coming from the heart
0: yeah you know like i think clutch is like one of the best rock bands right now yeah have been for a long time and they they're you know <laughs> they're they're definitely not like overproduced they sound all really close to how they sound live on the album and mm-hmm. yeah kick yeah. <laughs> I
1: I think that's a bit of the thing I'm noticing is a lot of rock music is like, oh well, in order to be noticed, we got to do like these crazy uh, pentatonic, sweep, scaly, tappy things, or like really elongated solos, or just like, I don't know, like. I, I want to like resist using the word complicated cuz some of that once you know how to do it is actually not that complicated but it's just I don't know like this isn't really a dig at the group but Animals as Leaders most uh-huh. of my rock musician buddies like they either gravitate that direction and love Animals as Leaders or there's the other direction which is the prog rock stuff like uh King Gizzard and yeah, like yeah, it's for me. Neither one is really for me, but it's not as the statement like they're not good or anything. But what I am kind of observing is that I feel like those being the main things in rock music right now is sort of what's creating like a niche for it, rather than having more broad appeal. Yeah, it's like this isolated fan group that just they're giant. Um, King Gizzard fans or their giant Animals as Leaders fans and then they kind of gatekeep that a little bit and so I don't know and then it turns almost into like Fish and I'd say that kind of thing even happens with like Ween or Primus Yeah, older bands like just people that are into them like kind of are into them and yeah Primus heads are Primus heads, tools, tool fans and maybe, yeah, I don't know. Some people would, like, wear that as, like, the badge of pride. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, because I, I got good taste and nobody else does. But you're like, nah. like, there were times when rock music, like, you could throw on the alternative rock station and there's bound to be something pretty good on it to varying levels, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, you and I guess that's an issue with classic rock stations is they play the same shit over and over again so now you still get sweet home alabama every two hours but now oh, they just yeah. integrate sound gardens black hole sun <laughs> and it's just like the, yep this was all of rock and roll
0: um, yeah i
1: don't know and then metal is just like man like so much of that has become really overproduced Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's part of it. I think re, I've seen some punk bands around here. I think that's a little bit of it. Got to bring some of that punk energy back in. It doesn't need to be punk or necessarily have that genre thing, but some of that attitude. I think that'd yeah. be a way to do it. I agree. Some DIY shows. Not that you couldn't have like a keyboard or like, but yeah, like accentuate the things that make rock what it is that way it's like oh i'm in the mood for some kind of punky sweaty rock show and then oh today i would like to go over there and watch bonobo and have a mojito <laughs> it's like a just a different vibe but <laughs> for the longest time i always like dreamed of multi-genre shows and more and more i just like eh, and nah, i think it's a it's a vibe you don't necessarily want to watch Wayne's World and then jump into watching The Shining, you know?
0: Yeah. We gotta set the, gotta tone for the day. Going.
1: Exactly. Anyways, Congrats. good recording with you. Happy 100th Indeed. episode. Thanks for joining Indeed. me on this journey when you can. And Indeed. on the way to 200 now. Indeed. You have a good one. It's
0: three years. Yep. <laughs>
1: maybe fast. bye
0: bye
1: how's it going dan welcome to episode 100 of the jacob wayne show
2: glad to be here
1: yeah uh when was the first episode you were on have any idea
2: i have no idea i'm in the foggiest
1: i think somewhere in the 80s but I'm not sure. I have enjoyed you coming on board, though. I feel like you've revitalized this podcast for me. Um, mm-hmm. Really delved into the main thing I can probably talk about every week, and still fill up about an hour as movies. <laughs> um, talked about it a little bit with Kellen at the top of the show, and I recorded earlier, and it's like even music I could talk about, but. I notice that it like can kind of languish at times and i'll be like yeah i could repeat myself and i don't know if there's a lot of new stuff coming out that i care about but with movies it seems endless so i would say over a hundred episodes this has pretty much become a a movie podcast with the occasional music stuff and video game stuff maybe books every now and again yeah and yeah i try to keep my politics in check and we were looking at the first episode and we were like talking about the Republican National Convention and bluegrass. Oh, and oh. I was like, man, it's like, I know the debates just happened that sans Trump with all the candidates and like no interest to even see highlights, whether it's making fun of it or not. Nope. It's just like, I don't need to see that. And I think. For those of you that want political content, there's better sources. Because some of the people I talk to that listen to us, I I guess I said this earlier, it's just like uh, they end up talking to me about something I said, and I feel like they're completely not understanding where I'm coming from. So like, fuck it. I'll leave it to the professionals. Yeah. But uh, with that, uh, something I did want to mention that I forgot in the uh music section was one of my favorite little niche bands over the last man almost 20 years at this point is the band sleepy time gorilla museum have you ever heard of them
2: i have not
1: they're uh did kellen ever show you unexpected
2: oh yeah I'm, i i love unexpected
1: so they're kind of in that realm but I'd say that they branch off into their own thing where it's like this macabre, art house, uh, violin, discordant metal thing. Yeah, Like, it's not as genre-jumpy. It's like all this one thematic thing. And then a lot of the members build instruments themselves, and it's almost like a stage play, the way they do their thing. And they had broken up for a little while. And they recently came back and launched a Kickstarter. They're trying to release a new album, a new film that goes with the album, and then go on tour. So Mm -hmm. they are $9,000 and 20 days away from securing the funds it will take to safely, sanely tour the States in 2024. So... All I would say is I love this band and I want to hear that new album and the way Kickstarter works. If they don't get the full amount, they don't get any of it. So go give them a listen. If you dig it, throw a little money their way. I'd like to hear that new album. And for those of you that have never heard of them, just go check them out. Uh, I would say some of it is abrasive. You have to be into pretty avant-garde stuff. But... Uh, if, you, if you're a lover of music and, like, truly the work and ability and theory and all of it that goes into it, then I think you'll like this band or at least respect them. So, there's enough of that. What we're going to do today for the movie section, since we actually went on for a bit with Kellen, is uh, Dan and I recently watched the new Flash movie. <laughs> and immediately we had to cleanse our palate and watch the Batman, which we had already planned on watching together at some point, but it's a longer movie. And, but we're like, man, it's a shame to say it, but after Michael Keaton's Batman in the Flash, I, I wanted some good Batman. So we kind of did a compare and contrast as we went through both films, especially when we got into the Batman, comparing it to the Flash. And so I kind of mm. figured we'd do a little compare and contrast review and then kind of the state of superhero films and studios in general. And we won't, we won't overstay our welcome on this subject. I think there's pop culture uh podcasts that... Tend to cover the superhero thing and kind of more, you know, not as an insult in any way, but kind of more the nerd stuff. And but yeah, we're just gonna give our thoughts because we definitely have a lot of them, but we'll try to keep it concise. Um, anything you want to say up up top before we kind of start getting down into the nitty gritty of the two films?
2: I mean. Not really. I really didn't like The Flash, I, I guess is okay. the, uh, the takeaway for me.
1: Um, so, I'll take a little sippy here, though, but why don't you uh, tell me, on a scale from 1 to 10, how important, interested, or, I guess, into the whole superhero thing... Are you? And as a side question to that, do you associate superheroes along with stuff like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Dune, or is it almost totally separated out for you?
2: Well, in general, I I have a pretty nerdy background and nerdy interests. Um, the Flash specifically was not a character that I was ever really into, but in general. I mean, it's a topic that I enjoy, and I would like to see good movies made with those properties. Mm-hmm. Um, they they seem to just be failing for me recently, and maybe it's just that I've there's so many of them in such a short period of time that I've just very much lost interest in certainly paying for a ticket at a theater for them, mm-hmm. but. Seeing them in general is is kind of a, a hard sell for me.
1: Sure, and that aspect of it, will I'll save for when we're done reviewing the films, because that's a subject I'd like to get a little deeper into. But having heard what you're just saying, I that sounds about right. I would have assumed you're you're into stuff that has thick lore. Um, Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. we've always been able to easily discuss superheroes, the dynamics and stories that they have, obviously, some more than others. But I mean, for me, Lord of the Rings, Dune, Star Wars, Dragon Ball Z, like, if an IP captured me, I'd dive into it and get really into it. And there's plenty of superheroes I was really into. Um, Ever since I was a little kid, it was, yeah, Star Wars or, yeah, Batman. When I was really little, there was an old The Flash TV show, and so I said The Flash was my favorite, but I was, like, so little that not a lot of thought went into that. I think it's just, oh, he goes fast. Um, My mom tells the story. Uh, Growing up Mormon, they have this thing where called family home teachers or something like that. Yeah. And they come in and they just talk church stuff with you and keep you indoctrinated. But, uh, I was young enough that they'd kind of let me wander in and out of the room. So I wouldn't throw a tantrum. And apparently I would run out of the room, put on some like weird outfit and I'd come in and I'd be like, I'm Batman. And then like (laughs) run out, come back, like put underwear underwear on over my, um, Pajama bottoms, which we got Superman, all that stuff, and then we had one of those uh, living rooms where there's two doors, so you could just go in a circle. And mm-hmm. for the Flash, I just ran by real fast. I didn't even say I'm <laughs> the Flash, like.
2: Well, it, clearly you're going to get that yeah, from yeah. the running. Mm. Yeah, and,
1: <laughs> and of course these church nerds were like, "What's that one?" And it's like, "Come on." So. <laughs> yeah like the flash is something i feel like i've always sort of wanted to see a good adaptation of um cw shows don't really cut it for me like i don't as far as tv it's really hard to get me in on a superhero thing like i think the the most superhero thing i watch on tv is the boys because it's so so much of a commentary on the superhero thing and kind of corporate cynicism and all that but uh to get into these movies right before yeah we get started i would say that you and i want a good flash movie and we're into the idea of a good flash movie right
2: oh i certainly want to see all of these ips be like successful in what they do i would obviously want a good movie rather than a bad movie i think that's a given
1: would you say you're a little more intrigued with the Flash than other heroes? Like for me, they can do whatever they want with Aquaman, and of course, I would like a really good one that's intriguing. But yeah, I don't, I don't care what you do with Aquaman. The Flash is kind of right on the periphery where I'm like, it could be really cool though, and it's yeah. kind of there.
2: There's stuff to work with, like for sure.
1: Yeah. So. There's definitely stuff to work with and first things first, let's just get into the Flash (laughs) and say that, um, I don't think that they really pull, like it's supposed to be an adaptation of Flashpoint, but in Mm. no way did I feel like this was a loyal telling of a comic storyline. Maybe I could be wrong, but it felt like, let's take all this IP that we own and try to do the multiverse thing that mcu has been trying to do Yeah. and, and be kind of like oh but like dc's been around longer remember christopher reeves remember michael keaton remember that nicholas cage thing that never happened like it's just let's smush all of this into a flash movie and so it's like yeah. not even really about the flash it's something that he can do that just pushes the story forward because no other DC character can do that. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're trying to soft reboot the DCEU and just failing miserably. So they're not doing anything interesting with the movies that came before that were, some of which were sort of decent, like Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Um
2: I like Wonder Woman pretty good as far one. as D C goes. Yeah, 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 the first one.
1: Uh Sir any like I don't hate um Batman versus Superman like some people do, but I also definitely don't think it's good.
2: Yeah, it was kind of just in okay. I you know, I saw it. It was fine yeah i didn't love it
1: but it's like so so i guess that's an aspect of it they build this as um well maybe they wanted to push it as ezra miller because we were looking it up and the earliest talks of developing this one in particular was 2016 maybe 2018 Mm -hmm. and it was definitely 2018 that they had ezra miller attached and like he showed up in justice league and some other stuff, but obviously Ezra Miller's we don't gotta go get into all that, but he's <laughs> had a really fucked up like series of things he's done. Um so you can't really market the film on Ezra Miller. And yeah. so they pushed it as like, well, Michael Keaton's Batman showing up and Supergirl showing up and General Zod's coming back and I'll admit, in the trailer, I was like, oh, they're bringing back Zod huh?" and Keaton, and I wonder how they're going to do that. That's what intrigued me. And none of that really matters until halfway through the movie. Yeah. Or just about. And when Zod shows up, it's like, oh, scary. You Remember this thing from Man of Steel? And then he kind of just wanders off and talks to a copy of himself and goof off again and like try to find all the other superheroes and find Batman and they I mean man they try to find Batman and it's Michael Keaton so it should look like the Tim Burton universe but it just looks like an CW show
2: at least throw some hints in like it doesn't have to be like a one to one recreation but like at least a little tinge of flavor in there come on
1: yeah like what in my head i was like oh the potential of this is you go into the michael keaton universe and so when zod shows up in that one he has kind of a twisted tim burtony look or like it's an opportunity to even if it is a quick little shot like here are these other batman villains Through that Tim Burton lens, like you're not you're not gonna get even get a scene of dialogue, maybe, but like that would be the nerd Easter egg thing to do, right? Like, oh Arkham Asylum, fuck all these like possibilities of the Tim Burton universe. And if I were a businessman, I'd be like, introduce that and hint at it. So then, if people leave that movie and are like, dude, what if they did an Elseworld like Tim Burton's universe? Reboot and then, like, because I think there are like some Batman villains that function better in Burton's universe, like a Clayface, yeah. But you know, that's us like immediately kind of slipping off into making our own version of something and talking about Batman, this
2: yeah. It's a Flash
1: movie, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I don't know enough about Flash. In his backstory, like, I think just about everybody knows that Batman's parents get killed. I don't know how official the. Oh, Barry's dad gets arrested and his mom gets murdered. Have you ever heard of any of that?
2: No, but I don't know a lot about The Flash in general, so I just kind of took it as a given that that's, you know, a correct telling of the story.
1: Well, so if it is. They did nothing to emphasize it properly. No. It seems like, oh, wow, that's sad. His mom got stabbed. Like, it doesn't have an impactful film way of saying this is a formative moment. Like, I think they sort of tried. But, like, he obviously gets fucked up and emotional because he finds his mom stabbed to death. Yeah, But then he goes back to being Barry and he just starts running for whatever fucking reason and because he's upset and running fast he breaks the universe. There's no build up for that. And then, yeah, he goes off into this other universe where she's alive and... or notices that she is alive in another universe and comes back and talks to Ben Affleck. Batman. Yeah. And has, like, a kind of really generic conversation. And, yeah, I don't know. It's like... I read a couple of reviews where they said that this movie feels like it was made by AI. Yeah. And I think that's true. Because it'll it'll just kind of roll into this other segment and have a different tone. And a different thing going on. And none of it seems connected.
2: Yeah. And, yeah it even the jokes weren't hitting like a person wrote them, like yeah, it like nothing was connecting. I think I used the words exhausting like six times while we were watching this movie because that's w- what it is, it's just exhausting,
0: yeah,
1: I mean, man, and I think you and I are maybe both the types to like the classic third act in an MCU movie where we're like, oh boy, here comes the CGI fest battle.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: there's plenty of those where I'm like, yeah, I'll accept it. We were talking about the third act in the Batman. Yeah. It, it was doing the standard superhero third act thing, but it did it for reasons, and it built it yeah. up to them and earned them. Like, I think even earned that scene better than the the clowns are cops and the cops are clowns or whatever in The Dark Knight yeah. a lot of people say that's a flawless movie but I mean like I think that that scene's like you didn't need this but um to get back to The Flash it's yeah every joke is just like what? huh? and it's not like you don't get it it's just like what a weird way to put that joke in there and it's like right after something emotional and then it'll be like some kind of weird dick joke
2: yeah everything seemed out of place like there was nothing in the movie that sequentially i was like oh yeah that was the right decision
1: yeah he at the very beginning he's saving a bunch of uh babies in slow-mo yeah and it's like just really weird (laughs) it's like and you know they're playing it to be like, oh my gosh, baby's falling, and then there's a slow motion dog and his tongue's hanging out. But it's just like, why is the dog in the hospital? Wait, what? I'm putting a baby in a microwave? Huh? That's <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, what's going on here? It's like just so weird because it's like while that's going on, I guess it doesn't totally emphasize that moment because while he's saving babies there's kind of like this on again off again bitching about his job phone call with alfred yeah and it's just like um wait what like i guess that's what it is is it's like pulling in too many different directions all the time yeah and they introduce so many characters that are just like everybody's snarky and quippy and fun and but none of them are actually funny. So it's just like, everybody's kind of an asshole in this. And it's, yeah, I don't know. The, the lasso of truth bit with Batman, it's just like, let's just mock what Batman is. And you could do that. Sure. But it's like, Oh, you just immediately like took Batman down a notch. So now he's a joke rather than, an interesting character within the story here.
2: Yeah. When you take everything as a joke in a movie, you better lean into that all the way or it, it the it's not going to it's not going to work out. Like all of the emotional scenes that they tried to put in this, it's just like what the fuck are you doing? Yeah you completely shifted tones on a dime. Like you didn't even like build up to it, ease into it, earn the scene. It's, it it feels so haphazardly put together that it's just not cohesive in any way. I think the worst part about this movie is the editing and the writing.
1: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I also blame some of the humor on Andy Muschietti. And yeah. We can talk more about this when we do that one big it episode.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: I notice a big difference from it part one to it part two, and it part two is definitely more in his hands. And some of the humor that worked in it part one was kids like just talking shit back and forth. And it, and it works, and then it kind of got worn out in part two, and then some of the humor. There's a scene in this that's pretty similar. It's uh I hated it in it part two where Eddie goes down to Oh, the uh pharmacy store, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then the hobo reappears, which isn't in the book, but but whatever. <laughs> Sorry I can get off on it. And the <laughs> hobo comes at him and then Pinned up against the wall, and then the hobo just pukes in his mouth, and they play "You Are My Angel, You're My Darling Angel," and you're like, "Yeah, what? Fuck you! What are you th- like? You just this is, an, out... this is a
2: Stephen King movie, like, yeah, you took out all the it?
1: scariness and made it like a joke, and I guess that's sort of what that's what I do resent is Pennywise got turned into like a pop culture jokester." Yeah. And I'm like, God damn it, he's supposed to be creepy as fuck, like borderline pedophilic demon creature. Like no. <laughs> it's supposed to be scary. Yeah. And there was a moment in this where it's like playing some like some weird ass fucking song drop when it's supposed to be emotional. Yeah, they had a lot of those. And you're just like, What? And Michael Keaton just shows up and he can be Michael Keaton and just sort of be half there, but man, yeah, when he's just like, "You wanna get nuts? Let's get nuts." Remember that line? <laughs> You're,
2: like, you remember in, in you. the other one?
1: <laughs> and yeah, they don't really get into why he. Oh, well, I guess they did.
2: Yeah, he's I like bet. he's
1: retired. Because the city's fine. Yeah. So let's just ignore why Bruce does this. He would still be a fucking psycho out on the streets, like, throat chopping 14-year-old shoplifters or something. Like, Jesus, Bruce.
2: Well, it saves him from having to actually write something if they just, you know, hand-wave it away, so.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, Michael Shannon, same deal. Like, Michael Shannon's great in just about anything he does, but he's, like, kind of sleepwalking through this yeah that's how good he is is he can sleep walk through it and be like pretty like oh fucking michael shannon but uh i feel bad for the girl who played uh supergirl because i thought she she was the most affecting actor in this to me where i was like starting to daydream about a supergirl movie and i was intrigued by oh yeah superman's cousin like that is a thing and and the, I don't know, like, her being in the Soviet Union, there's a comic storyline, Red Sun. I didn't know if they were trying to sort of do that. Like, what if yeah. Superman landed in Soviet Russia? But, like... Obviously, the whole time we're just sitting here watching it frustrated. Like, well, are they trying to do that? Why, If they are, why didn't they do that? And There's no memorable score. Just a bunch of rock and roll sound no. drops. The cinematography's like a CW show, maybe a little better. The CGI is bad. And bad
2: and very heavy-handed like too they much of it. they were just like, yeah, let's just do this entire sequence as CG. And maybe one of the reasons for that is because I mean, this movie has been in production since 2016. So maybe they just didn't have a movie to cut together, so they had to, but Fucking just scrap the thing. Don't release it.
1: Start fresh. And like quit trying to recut and re-edit. Well, but I don't know. There is something in this that's very Andy Muschietti of stuff I recognize from It Part 2. And they're like, make it jokey like that. And make one of the Flashes act like one of the kids from It Part 2. Or like It Part 1 actually almost. Mm. And... That just comes off weird, because not only his personal history outside of the movie, but also because it's like, you're a man-child. Like, who the fuck acts like this? Yeah. And he's he's not good. He doesn't... Yeah, there's a, there's a part in it where he's, like, running into... Yeah, he finds another version of himself, and they transfer powers be- just because. Yeah. And he's all geeking out on first getting his flash powers. Cause I guess they wanted to have that moment of like an origin story where the hero gets his powers and mm-hmm. have fun with that. And he is just going around his apartment while the dude's trying to talk to him. And you're like, what is this? The mask? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all cartoony as fuck. Like he's like, yeah, he's doing a fucking Jim Carrey thing. It's like fucking embarrassing. Yeah, And, I don't know, man, like, hmm, do we get into the Batman from here, or do we talk about how disappointing its score is? Because there's nothing <laughs> in it that I like.
2: No, I mean, the saving graces of the entire Flash movie, let's see if we can go through them. Um, Supergirl no, I the would use a saving movie. grace. Yeah, Supergirl, I think she did the best with what she had. She was um, better than the rest of them. Um, score was bad. Editing was bad. Cinematography was nothing to write home about. CGI was man. bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got nothing, I, man. What else is there? Writing was bad.
1: I guess what's the worst thing? Who's the worst offender?
2: Worst offender? It's I'd say editing.
1: Script. I go script. Yeah.
2: Editing closely followed by script. Because it's, you know, who really fucked up in the scene is hard to tell with between the writers and the editors.
1: This is one of those things where I'm like Um If the editing was better would that Yeah, it's like if one of those two things improved how much better would it be? Like and I don't I don't think editing could have saved that script as much as a better yeah. script could have been fine with the editing they did. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's really hard to say. Cause I, I talked about that too, like going from the Josh Whedon Justice League to the Zack Snyder one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Once again the Zack Snyder one's wonky, but I was amazed how much better that was. Yeah. And like the tone was totally different and all this other stuff and I was like, "Oh wow. I don't think I'd ever and given I don't watch a ton of director's cuts, but I was like, "Holy shit. That is almost like a totally different movie." Yeah. It's like bizarre. So yeah, I don't know. Uh let's let's get into the Batman then, so as we don't go too long here, but um Right from the get-go, the first scene... Oh, okay, yeah, I have one more thing on The Flash, is every character announces what they're doing. Yeah. Like, oops, I slipped and fell on my bottom. Shouldn't go so fast. That's what happens when you go too fast and don't look where you're going. I'm The Flash.
2: Yeah, apparently they missed the show-don't-tell lesson in film school, yeah. like everybody in this movie did, yeah. I guess.
1: So well, then that's where I go right back to the script, and like maybe the test audience thing, where it's like, "Oh, like, the fuck, like they probably got like a couple notes, but it was like five to ten percent of the people in the um o- test audience, and then like, well, shit, they didn't understand it, so we' better make it obvious what's happening in this scene like it just feels like that, but with the Batman. It's clearly an homage to Seven. Yeah. And like Detective Noir. And yeah. they commit to that. And they're like, that's what this version of Batman is. And whether you like it or not, tough luck. You ain't getting big old vroom, Vrosh boom, Batman in this. We'll yeah. try to give you a little bit of that action Batman. But we have to get there. And From the very beginning, it's the inverse of that everybody announcing what they are who they are why and there's that shot through the goggles
2: yeah
1: there's not like a big boom bang thing with the title it just says the batman then cuts to the goggle view you hear heavy breathing he's staring into a gothic mansion and you're like oh is this bruce manor like your your mind immediately percolates with like oh is that that or i don't know there's a little kid playing ninja. You're like, is that Bruce when he was a kid? Like, what? You're immediately, you're curious. Yeah. And the music is memorable. It's Ave Maria.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then that I'll just go right into is the way that they take Ave Maria and, like, mess with it and invert it to the Red the Riddler theme. Yeah. And each character has a theme and they weave together during interactions. And, like, yeah, the dun-bum-bum-bum bum, bum, is, like, messing with that Nirvana song they use. and Yeah. Like, yeah, I've heard people nitpick that. That they're like, ah, you gotta use Nirvana in this? Like, kind of takes me out a little bit. But I will at least give the score that I... Maybe you can pull up his name. Um... But yeah, the guy played with that and clearly had an intention with using that Nirvana song. And then, like, yeah, he's this kind of detached, sad young boy. Like, kind of like comparing Kurt Cobain to this young Bruce who's just kind of lost and depressed. And yeah, just like, there's so much more thought put into that music. Whereas in The Flash, they like, let's cut and paste the Tim Burton Batman thing because people like that one. Yeah, but let's do a lesser job with it, and I mean everything in this in the Batman is better. There's no everything. decisions with the acting, the characters. Yeah. they seem committed, almost like excited to be there. Um, the cinematography is beautiful, like every shot's a painting kind of thing.
2: Yeah the tone the subtlety the like the editing decisions the allowing the camera to linger somewhere to give you you a little bit of a breath in between like it's not just action flashy moving colors on a screen all of the time it's mm-hmm. there's so much more thought put into it
1: and um, oh sorry. I, yeah, the Flash is shorter than the Batman.
2: But, Doesn't feel that way. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it's like the Flash is exhausting and over long. And the Batman's just under three hours, I think. And it's like,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, great. This scene now. And that was because that, and then that happened. The way mm-hmm. the connections between characters slowly gets unfurled you know where everything's at and it works really well as a detective noir like and yeah i guess for me i i accept it and like it and i think i know what they're doing with it so i'm cool with it the third act is like maybe the only thing is like i don't know do you have the but as i say that i think of interactions between characters i was like oh yeah they needed it though to make this point It's his evolution from being vengeance to a hero.
2: Yeah, it's the culmination of the... uh, Actually, multiple different stories of, you know... You've got the... So, main characters, at least tone and, you know... Message of the story route-wise are... You know, Selina Kyle, the Riddler, and Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And they all have... These backstories of, you know, shitty abusive childhoods and the way they each individually deal with them in different ways and how it shapes their character. And the final act of the movie is the culmination of all of their stories all at once. Yeah. It works great. Without that final act, it would it would feel like there wasn't any rose resolution to
1: it would just be a really dark ending. what you're exploring of Gotham yeah and then credits you'd be like oh damn <laughs> yeah and i guess it sets up an interesting sequel but yeah you're not getting a narrative satisfaction out of it yeah. and i would compare that to uh the dark knight and i would say that the batman with this third act is better because i could immediately go to that third act in the dark knight and be like take out the whole clowns or hostages thing because yeah. the Joker's waiting at the top of this building, Batman has to go up there and confront him and there's the people on the boat the people on the boat is great in the Dark Knight yeah and then he has to go up and have this like moral back and forth um, how does an unstoppable force deal with an Im- immovable object you know, that whole thing is mm. great don't need the action scene with the I guess but even that like it it's fine because you're like oh Lucius Fox and he doesn't like the spying so there's a payoff to the fact that Batman set it up to self-destruct yeah so yeah like you know that's just like trying to compare some of these third act superhero things but I don't know we we went a little longer on this than I anticipated (laughs) so I guess I will get to wrapping it up a little bit but uh, yeah the Batman was better in every single way than the Flash so let's just briefly get into what are the the ratings online do you have that pulled up
2: okay I do yeah Um, so let's should we start with uh, Rotten Tomatoes sure Ryan DB. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes for The Flash. 63% for critics. 83% audience score for The Flash.
1: 83%?
2: 83%. Goddamn. And I don't understand what movie they saw. Like, am I just missing something? I I don't know. It It was truly one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen.
1: Well, so we talked about this um, during The Flash, where it's like, it's also regarded as one of the biggest box office bombs.
2: Yeah, nobody saw it.
1: So that percentage, I guess, is somewhat attributable to people that actually saw it. So the more people that see it, it fucks with the percentages. But it... I think, yeah, there's some online rating fuckery going on, it feels like. Or it's just something. It feels like it to it. me. Well, and there's that whole like bro dudes that are like Zack Snyder bros that are just conservatives. Yeah. So it's like they've turned MCU versus D C into a culture war thing. Yeah. And so it's like I'm gonna like the D C E U stuff no matter what and fuck everything else and maybe some of that is a thing. But like, there's also an aspect of, I think we watch movies to truly analyze them and compare and contrast and look at the art form of filmmaking in general. Yeah. And so as a comparison, I know our friend group is way more into video games than I am. I think I'm into video games. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like I'm even in a position to critique them too much because when I play them, I usually have a podcast on and I'm doing it to unwind and relax. And I think a lot of people go to a movie. They're like, yeah, cool, Flash. Oh, there was a funny, oh, the babies. Look at the babies. Oh, my God, popcorn. They just want to yeah. unwind and do something outside or kind of in public. Unwind, relax, have some popcorn and some treats. And I remember the Flash. Good good character. They're not looking much deeper than that. But there is yeah. something a little, like, I don't know how you could like the Flash more than the Batman. Yeah. I really don't, but they that person has to exist. Um, I'm sure they
2: do. In droves, probably.
1: It reminds me of another movie we watched last night, which was the 2013 Carrie, which we'll talk more about during our Stephen King episodes. Yeah. But there was one person like, I don't feel like I even need to see the original Carrie because I just love this one so much and I watch it again and again. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh no, like... You're just purposefully avoiding a classic because it's old. And like this mediocre remake that really falls apart is enough for you. And yeah, The Flash maybe when I was eight would have been enough for me. I would have been like, hey, I said the yeah. dick joke and Batman, cool. But yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, is... that's, hmm.
2: maybe that's an argument that could be made that this movie's made for eight year olds, and it's just, I'm not the audience. But there's plenty of movies that are made for kids that are still enjoyable for adults. This was not enjoyable for me at all.
1: Well, another thing that showed up in a lot of the letterbox reviews was like, I, this movie really fucked up coming out around the same time as Into the Spider Verse 2.
2: Yeah. Because that has
1: amazing animation from what I understand. I know the first one did. Yeah, And the first one had a great story and it was like, yeah, this is kind of for kids more than adults, but it's a good story and really well made. Like Pixar films, man, like it's like, they, they can make me cry and they're for kids. Yeah. And it's just like, this is just so soulless, but it's those percentages that like i i hope the box office failure of it i mean already it clearly had an effect by the whole james gunn dcu reboot reboot of the entire universe but mm-hmm. i just i don't feel like these companies are getting hard hit hard enough by audience reaction and how much they're willing to pay to see these things hard enough to like improve what they're doing but i know some producers and some companies are aware it's like if we put a little bit more effort and think a little harder about this you get good stuff like the batman and wolverine i think avengers uh endgame and infinity war are great movies Mm -hmm. some of my favorite like going to the theater experience there is so this isn't a mcu dc thing it's it's just like, because, yeah, it leads into the superhero fatigue thing. And I don't, you and me maybe aren't the ones that will eat up any schlock they give us. Yeah. But we like superheroes and we want the movies to be good. And I think that's most people. There's definitely people that like were never into it that are like, oh, another Batman movie. Fuck. Yeah. But it's like, they were never going to be your audience, so quit trying to cater to that person make a really good batman movie make a really good flash movie and people will come back because comic books and superheroes and all that are like it's just greek mythology and things like that it's you can tell it over and over again change the suit change the coloring change the powers you yeah, people will come around if it's a good telling of a story. Yeah. And um, I don't know. you have any other thoughts on that? I think that applies to Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and all that stuff.
2: Yeah. Good stories transcend age and I mean I think most movies really come down to the writing. Mm-hmm. If you start with a bad story, it's not going to end up well no matter what you do yeah. and this just started with a bad story it was bad writing
1: mm-hmm. there was a it's thing never gonna,
2: Go never gonna work out
1: yeah there was a and there is we'll have to maybe save this for another discussion but there's like a difference between story and plot yeah like sometimes you can get people in on what the plot is and they can even know what the plot is before they go in but it's how you tell the story of that plot happening they are separate it's kind of hard to articulate but at least for me but yeah like you can know a plot like a revenge plot you're like you kind of know how those function but like well what's the story where do you start yeah. with that revenge plot and how does it unfold And yeah you can't just smush things together that's why it's like at least for me the AI thing it doesn't freak me out at this point cause if a writer uses AI as a tool to just get something going fine but you still need a good writer to fix that and make yeah. it engaging and interesting and if that like but that's how it should function. It should be a tool for writers to make a living to get by to do what they do so well. Yeah. it can't replace them. And it's like some of this... Yeah, let's overwork the CGI artists. Let's overwork the writers. Let's overwork the actors. And just keep raking in the money up top. It's like it's not going to work. It's not going to function. Yeah. And you can see it in all the major budget films. All the ones that have an impact with people like the new films of the last few years are made with passion and tend to be independent stuff a lot of like a24 stuff even blumhouse it's like some silly horror movie stuff but they budget it properly and they let the director have a vision with something and hey it's it's financially successful and people have fun being in them and writing them and yeah so I don't know, I hope all this current SAG after strike, i am there's some article saying CGI artists are going on, or they're trying to unionize, I don't think they're on strike. Mm. Um, maybe all this stuff like will really lead to another great era with filmmaking in the United States.
2: I certainly hope so.
1: And one last thing I will say is that movies are not restricted to the United States. There's a lot of really great international stuff getting made. Um we watched yeah. Baby Assassins. I think we talked about that on the show. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And it's like, oh yeah. Plenty of really creative fun stuff is getting made elsewhere.
2: Yeah. So, it's easy to get tunnel vision on just Hollywood, but yeah. Koreans are doing great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Too. It's I mean, it's
1: And oh, shots fired here. Are you, oh, you ready for this, dude? A lot of Chinese Mm. cinema I'm not that into because it becomes this homogenized state run bullshit thing, which is sort of a version of test audience to death. Let's censor this thing and just make it this bland pro China action thing. It's just like, but that's not because it's like, there's been great films from there um kung fu hustle a lot of hong kong cinema from around the 80s i think 90s john woo yeah amazing stuff but that's hong kong cinema and that's hong kong back then and we also know that a lot of movies like actually go test like have representatives from the chinese government come in and like tell them what they can and cannot have in their film yeah Because it's like, well, we got to make money, like, and they're a huge market for us now. But it's just like, what? What are you listening to? I think it might. I heard this recently. They had a map in the new Barbie movie that showed Taiwan with a different color than China, implying it's a different, it's its own country. Yeah, take it out. Otherwise, it wasn't going to get put out in China. It's just like this is.
2: (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Yeah,
1: this is not how to make. (laughs) film so yeah i of course i would love a great era of cinema in the united states but if they keep making it cynically like that then yeah fuck them yeah we can have a decade or two of like wow it's really not a lot of great stuff but go watch stuff coming out in europe in asia yeah. and africa whatever all right yeah yeah we went Really long. I might have to release this as a two parter. <laughs> but uh thanks for being here and recording with me, man, and happy Absolutely. episode one hundred. Yeah. All right.
2: Big milestone.
1: Fucks yeah. I think it's a better show mm-hmm. than when it started, so let's keep making it better.
2: Sounds good.
1: Alright. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Jacob Wayne Show. If you would like to contact us, please write us at fakoshka at gmail.com. That is F-A-K-O-S-H-K-A at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Simply search The Jacob Wayne Show and it should pop right up. Make sure you like and subscribe and leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. Please write us. It helps add content to the show and makes the show even better for you, the listener. Thanks for tuning in.